Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. And welcome to the show, everybody. Boy, welcome to the show, everybody. Have I got a have I got a show for for you today? And I, I mean that in all sincerity because I think it's going to be really it'll be certainly an interesting experience for some of us that have never gone down this path before, um, or an even more interesting experience if you've thought about going down that path before but have never made the connection or understood what you were asking for or any of that. So because of that, I have an expert on the subject with me. Her name is Coriel Kramer. She's right there. You can always go to CorielKramer.com <laughs> and you can find out all you need to know about her. And uh, by the way, starting next week, I'm real excited about this as well. We're going to start doing a five-part series on animal blueprints so that you can get in touch with your animal friend and find out why they do what they do and what, and what you do um, and that can affect them. So in any event, we're, we'll talk about that next week. That starts next Tuesday at 3 o'clock. So I hope that you'll participate with that. Um, if you want to talk to Coriel yourself, you can give us a call at 206-408-1395. Although I don't think there's anybody on YouTube at the moment to take that number down, but there might be later. So in any event, Coriel, how are you? I'm great, Kevin. How are you doing? I'm really good. So what are we talking about today? I feel like a naughty little boy. <laughs> That's what this is all about. Naughty is nice. You know, it's all about fun. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about uh, one of the rooms in the huge house that is of kink. And it is probably one of the most well-known rooms but of kink, but it is also probably the most misunderstood. And that room is called BDSM. And that stands for bondage, discipline or dominance, sadism, and masochism. Oh, all of those and so much more. Mm, mm. Uh, it's it's true. It's very it's very misunderstood because people automatically go to the extreme. Right. And there are so many different phases of and and ways of of approaching and playing with and exploring bdsm and the words i was thinking about this the last week each of the words for bdsm basically represents the different things that D bdsm has to offer people so it's very very interesting i never kind of considered that portion of it so and it would, when you say offering people where what are you what are you meaning okay so let's start from bdsm okay? okay and what it is is that um 
so BDSM, B, it stands for bondage. And bondage can either be ropes or it could be cuffs or it could be uh, collars, kind of like my collar here. It's my, my kismet collar. Um, and, but you gotta understand what I'm gonna go into, this is only a small taste, small examples, okay? This is a huge, each one has got huge potential. By the so, way, by the way, yeah. before we continue, I want to make sure, in case you missed it at the top, uh, this is for adult audiences only. So if you've got kids hanging around, please send them out of the room, and because uh, this is this really is adult stuff. This isn't it does nothing to do with kids. So I'm sorry. So go ahead. No, no you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I kind of figured that as soon as I said BDSM, the kids were getting scooted <laughs> out of the room. Um, so. Bondage. Bondage represents anything sensation. So things like ropes, chains, um, spanking, blindfolds and masks, kind of like this blindfold that I have here, which is called a mindfold. And this is very, this makes you go very, very deep because as you can see, it's got holes in it. So your eyes go over it and completely closes you into the darkness um, and really drops you into whatever sensation you're going through. So things like um, many fetishes like asphyxiation play, paddling, flogging, wax play, um, cock and ball torture, uh, clip play, fire play, feather play, feathers, just simple feathers, okay? Uh, feather play, bodily fluid play, and cuffs or chokers. Now that's again, just to name a few, but those are kind of like the sensations. Those are some of the sensations that are brought into through the bondage area of BDSM. Now, when you talk about uh, sensations, uh, my my initial reaction would be fear <laughs> would be my, my my sensation. So you really, as I suppose, you really have to have a lot of confidence in your partner that you have discussed this thoroughly with and that you're working together to achieve this. Is that right? Absolutely, 100%. Uh, and I'm gonna go more into this later, but it's very, very important with ever, who, whomever, even if it's your partner that you've known forever, but you guys are exploring this for the first time, it's super, super important that you get a consent container, you get a checklist of things that are, you know, avenues you wanna go down, avenues you don't wanna go down, things you want to explore, things you don't want to explore. Consent in the container is paramount when you're be dealing and playing with the BDSM. Okay. So uh, another question I have for you, I'm so full of them. Yeah. Uh, is, I, I is that, yeah. Well, is that if you have a desire, if you have a thought that maybe you'd like to get, you know, I don't know, spanked or tied up, whatever it is, um, where can you go to find out more about the art form before you engage in it? Is that something could, they could come talk to you about it, I would assume. Oh, of course. Absolutely. It's something that I do in my work with the erotic blueprints. Um, but it's important when you're, when you're dealing with this and you're dealing with other people that you have to vent them. You know, think of it like this. If you want to vent somebody when you want to vent whomever you're playing with, even if that's, even if you know them, okay, you want to vet that person 
like you're interviewing them for the position of leader of the world, all right? You're putting your emotional, your mental, and your physical bodies and states into this person's hands. You wanna make damn sure that this person knows what they're doing, that they have at least some experiences or at least that you feel safe enough to explore it together slowly so everybody gets their, 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 their steadiness and feels safe and feels calm. You know, um, getting uh, somebody who is a, uh, a sexuality coach like me or somebody, and again, venting me, asking me questions, ask questions, always ask questions. What draws them to lifestyle? Uh, what aspects of BDM intrigues you, them more? Uh, why? Uh, things like, uh, how long have you been in the lifestyle? Do you have any references? Yes, references. Because, you know, you want to, this person is telling you this, but you want to, you don't want to take their word for it. You want to hear what other people have had in their experiences with working with this person? How safe did they make them feel? Did they come up with any things that they liked? More importantly, did anything come up that this person did that they didn't like? You want to really and truly know what this person is in their background. Do they go to kink clubs? What kink clubs? What was their experience in the kink clubs? You know, don't be afraid to ask questions of anyone. And if anyone acts pissed or they're, they're like, why are you asking me these questions? Say, thank you very much and goodbye. Because all the people who are professional at doing this want to be able to let you know what their experience is and have no secrets. Like you had Orpheus Black on. He is yes. a great example. He is a professional dominant kink master okay he's got awards he knows what he's doing i've done several classes with him i trust him completely you know i know who he is i know what his background is and i know what kind of a person he is because they're going to bring all that to the mix you want to make sure it's somebody who's stable who's confident not arrogant confident in what they do because this is all going to add to the play and make you feel safe as you explore. It's about feeling as safe as you possibly can while you explore this avenue of kink. Now, exploring the, the just part, why would you want to do this? Why, 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 what, what is it that drives you internally that wants you to do that? Is it the excitement of it? Is it the uniqueness? Is it, is, is, is there just a whole bunch of reasons why? There's, a, there is, there's a whole bunch of reasons why. It's kind of like what I talked about in the episode that we did on the kinky, which is, you know, you want to, you want to, there's something naughty and there's something taboo about it. And it arouses you and it gets you excited and it gets you intrigued and it gets you um, inquisitive and adventurous. And it also is extremely freeing. BDSM is very, very freeing. It's freeing to the mind. It's freeing to the body. It's freeing to the soul because you're giving yourself over, not only as a submissive, but also as a dominant. That dominant is giving themselves over to that submissive as well, opening them, themselves up in ways they never have before. The reason that I like BDSM, um, 
I think that there's a lot of things that that get me about it. Um, but one of the a few of the main things is, like I said before, it's very, very freeing. It's a it's a beautiful way of submitting to another person wholly and completely. And there's a freedom in that, especially if you're somebody who is always look to to as a leader or always look to as somebody who is you know responsible for other people you want to be able to kind of take a mental emotional physical vacation i like the i like the um the dangerous aspect of it and when i say dangerous i don't mean i mean yes there is life-threatening things i mean asphyxiation play is choking somebody you know but you do it in such a way that the, the person does not lose consciousness you do it in such a way that it just adds to the sensation of what they're going through um there's a there's a danger aspect to it there's a there's a dark aspect to it there's a um there's just this like like delicious, yummy, dark, um, deep um, vulnerability. Mm. And there's such beauty in that. There's such exquisite beauty in that, that you just have to try to start, you know, delving deeper into it, maybe reading books on, on, um, you know, like BDSM erotica, like the, I talked about this series before, the first BDSM uh, book, eroticism book that I ever read was The Master of the Shadowlands by Chelsea Sinclair, I believe that's how she pronounces her first name. But that was my first delving into, you know, what a kink club was and what BDSM is and so like I said, the, each one of the letters in BDSM stands for something, a different aspect of what this can do for a person. Okay. Okay. So now I just want, if you would like to find out more um, about uh, Coriel's background and you can go to the kink episode that we did, which is episode number three of of the erotic blueprints and you can get some a lot more information there about what what in her background would want her to do that because i don't want to spend time on that because we've got so much to cover um but uh so go go review that episode if you if you are curious about that but uh, the the different aspects of it you have the bondage and then the next one is the next one is dominance or discipline and this is the aspect of psychological play. So this is where a lot of people start um, getting their, their conception of BDSM. So this, when I say psychological play, it could be things like voyeurism, uh, either looking at someone or being looked while you're being played upon, ordering and serving, uh, being bodily placed in restraint, um, in restraint in like compromising positions this is with the the uh, with ropes but also with cuffs and with um with um uh hip girders that hose, hold the legs open um it could be clit play it could be uh master and slave it could be cosplay it could be humiliation it play it could be dirty talk even dirty talk is, you know, psychological play. Role-playing, furry play. 
these are all things that, again, this is just to name a few. I have a checklist of 17 pages filled of kinky checklist. But this is, I mean, and the 17 pages is growing. I add to it all, all the time. The dominance is where usually the submissive is being given orders by the dominant. So, or the master is giving orders to their slave. It's um, things like get on your knees, uh, spread your legs, um, uh, stand, uh, sit in, a, in this kind of position, stand in this kind of position. Uh, I want you to go over, over there and, you know, start, uh, put the cuffs on and, you know, stand and just wait there until I get there. It's very direct ordering, so to speak. And people... Um, I assume it's people that, that are a lot of them, like we discussed before are in power or they, they feel a need that, that they're in power all the time. So they want to be dominated by somebody else at one point or another. And it's, a, it becomes a fantasy of theirs. That's part of it. That's not all of it. I'm sure. It, it's not all of it because the dominant is the opposite. So the dominant is aroused and um, enjoys being in charge. Be, driving the bus, riding, you know, leading the show. He's the ringleader, you know, he is, uh, or she is, excuse me, or they are. Um, someone who likes to be able to bring their submissive or their slave into a situation that challenges them a little bit, because in, in not in a, in a bad way, it, this is all worked out before. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's called play because it's it. This play is all worked out before. What's going to happen? You know, what's going to what does when is it going to happen? All these things are worked out exactly like a play. Now, sometimes you can improvise a little bit, but usually it's it's set from the beginning to the end, so that the submissive knows exactly what's going to happen and can drop into a feeling of being safe. The dominant can then have, have his or her or they or their, their role where they can, you know, all of a sudden drive this scene is what it's called. When you're playing out a BDSM play, it's called a scene. And just like in any play, you need to make sure everybody has their roles straight because this is not about, you do not want to you know, do improvisation, improvisation during an entire scene. That's going to wonk everybody out. And that's, that's not healthy for somebody. I wouldn't imagine because somebody no. is liable to go over what that other person intended. If it's not laid out completely. Exactly. And it could be triggering for that person where all of a sudden they'll get a flashback of maybe a childhood incident or something or they go into uh, they go into trauma, where they start just all of, they just fade out. They just go out and they're they're in a trauma, you know, almost like a trauma coma. So you just want to make sure you're as safe as you possibly can. So that's why things like um, safe words and phrases are super super important. And if you want to, I can go into that now or later, whenever. You pick it. You pick it because I, in in uh, um, 
doing the research for this particular episode, I did look at some uh, um, some some video of of some folks in a scene. Mm-hmm. And some of it looks downright nasty, and some of it looks like it hurts like hell. Um, but they know what they're doing, and so it it's uh, is that right? Yeah, so I mean, it's not. I I don't know because I don't know these people, and I would mm-hmm. have to see those videos to see. Um, but it it's about m- making sure that the that the person that you're doing this with again the venting is really important the vetting is really important who is this person who are these people you're going to play with you know and and getting to know them as much as you possibly can because you don't want to leave stuff to chance you don't want to especially with bdsm you don't want to just hope it all works out you know it's like it's 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 gonna it's gonna lead you into a way that might make you have a really bad experience. And because of that, you shut your BDSM wants down and we don't want that. So it's about consent. It's about a checklist, foundations and rules for the play. You wanna make sure the foundation of your play, I call it the playtionship. So you wanna make sure your playtionship is sane, safe and consensual. So everybody feels safe. Everyone feels secure as they possibly can. Too many people go into BDSM with their eyes closed and their mouths shut. And that is a recipe for disaster. Talk, speak up, say something. It's not the time to just, like I said, hope and wish that it's all gonna like come out okay. It's not, that's not what this is all about. And if anybody that you play with does not go deeply into what you what this scene is going to be you have no business doing it with them now if you like to be dominant do you also like to be submissive that's a great question there is something now there there's a there is a um there's a argument against this in, in between this in in the bdsm world um, there are some people in this world that do not believe in what is called a switch. There are other people that do. Um, I consider myself a switch. What a switch is, is a switch is someone who likes to be submissive. But then there's sometimes that I want to be in charge. Not, and I want to run a scene through the entire thing and bring a submissive into that. So... It, I, I believe that that's something that is true and something that is important for me. So I'm not going to put myself into a, a, a hole and just say, I'm just a sub or I'm, or I'm just a dominant because I don't want to drive the bus all day long. Okay? <laughs> I, don't, I want to sit back, relax and have my, my placation, okay? Which is a vacation. Sure. Um, so, you know, there's sometimes that, you know, there is, but then there's sometimes that are people are full subs, full masters all the time, full slaves all the time, full dominance all the time. You know, it's interesting because you would think, well, I don't know what you, you would think, but I, I would think that this would be kind of a rare thing. But if you go into any sex shop in the country, it's loaded with this kind of, uh, this kind of, uh, uh, uh hardware. Uh, so a lot of people, a lot of people are doing this, aren't they? Yes. And it's, um, it's, it's a 
growing, growing com community, it's getting more and more accepted because there's more and more people wanting to explore it. <clears throat> there's more and more people asking questions. There's more and more people recognizing that they are kinky. Um, and I talked about this in the kink episode, which is there's also a lot of shame that can be around this lifestyle because when you first come into it, it, it you're, you're finding out that you're somebody who likes this stuff and you start to recoil and you start to, uh, you know, bring in yourself in because you think you're not going to be accepted. You think that you're a freak. You think that you're, you're, you're sick. You think that you're, um, uh, you know, why, why do I like this? Why am I like this? Why can't I just be normal? Well, this is normal. It, mm -hmm. Normal, okay, is um, is fluid. Normal is not set, okay. And there is really nothing called normal, okay, because everybody is different. No two people are alike. So then, what's normal? Well, and, and I would submit that there's no such thing as a normal sex act. They're both. They're all individual, and they're they're all based upon the two individuals involved as to the outcome and what happens there. Absolutely. And if you like, you know, if your neighbor thinks slapping his wife on the ass is naughty and taboo, but you think that it's not, then it's not kinky to you, but it's kinky to them. So everything, it's perspective. It's all about perspective. It's, it's, and this is why I think one of the reasons why I love kink and BDSM so much, it's, it's so, it's so open. It's, it's so endless it's limitless this is you can explore in one thing one person wants to do uh needle play and that's not somebody else's thing that's not my thing okay i'm not a needle play person i'm more of a but i am a submissive or a dominant person or a so i like to be dominated i like wearing i like being tied up i like ropes i like chokers i like cuffs it, i love the sensation it gives me it starts dropping me in i start my my nervous system starts going calmer and down and starts regulating and just starts really just peacefully in out and it's just a really cool thing and you know with with dominance and and submission it's about al allowing yourself to just be okay and just explore and you know not put rules on on what you want to be and what you're you're excited about it's just it, about the sensation whether that is sensation play or whether that's psychological it all drops you in well now you you, you sound like it's almost like a form of meditation it can be because there's something called subspace and there's also something called dom space, but I'll go, go into the subspace first. So subspace is when a submissive um, becomes so aroused and so, um, uh, uh, so excited that their, their nervous system drops down to a much more peaceful state, almost like a beta theta state. And because of that, they, what, they, what, what it's called is it's called dropping in. And a submissive, when, they are, when their body is stimulated enough, 
it starts dropping them more into the mind and more into a place of just this peaceful state where they're just in the moment. They're not thinking about the past. They're not thinking about the future. They're not thinking about next week. They're just in that moment of what's going to happen next. What's the next sensation? And that sensations keep dropping them in, dropping them in, dropping them in, dropping them in. And that's because then that's when it becomes really, really vulnerable because this person is in such a almost meditative beta theta state of just peace that they're, they're not fully there. They're not fully in their body. They're out of their body. They're floating around in subspace. You know, long distance runners say that they have something similar to that as they're running along and they're, they're, you know, 15, 20 miles, they get to a certain state where it drops them down into a different experience and they can't get anywhere else. That's right. That's, and it's the same thing. It's almost the same thing. The endorphins are kicking in. And when endorphins kick in, those are the pleasure, the pleasure hormones, the pleasure, the feel goods. Okay. Those are the feel good hormones. So when the endorphins come in your mind, think about when you have a really good orgasm, that's when your endorphins are just working overtime and you get to that place where you're just like in that moment, you're so hyper-focused on that moment and that sensation and that upcoming orgasm or that orgasm you're about to go through, you're going through, that it puts your mind in a very relaxed state. And it's the same thing. Endorphins play a huge role in any kind of sensation, strong sensation or, or psychological play. It puts your mind, it starts getting the endorphins going. So now how close is this to like Tantra? Tantra can be a very good part of it. Tantra is also about, I mean, there's not the, um, the psychological play. Tantra is more like working the body to this state of it, with working the body. So it is a form of sensation play to a certain extent because it's working the body, whether that is the genitals or whether it's the breasts or whether it's just the body itself. And to the point where the person gets so relaxed, they get into that endorphic kind of like beta state. Oh, that's, that's, that's really cool. By the way, there was, there was one piece of equipment that you mentioned early on um, that uh, um, I'm, I'm sorry, but, but, but I can't even imagine why some guy, and, and it only applies to gentlemen, why some guy would let you apply this particular apparatus. Uh, but there apparently are people that like to do that sort of thing. I'm talking about, what am I talking about here? I can't even say it. Cock and ball turkey. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, it's, and you know, it's, the cock and ball torture is also about, not only is it about sensation, but it's also about psychological at the same time, because that person is, is you know, first, of course, it's the sensation, and then the person, the dominant or the master is talking to their person and, and bringing them even deeper and, you know, giving them what they need, whether that's dirty talk, whether that's humiliation, whether that's, you know, you're being a good girl, you're being a good boy, whatever, you know, well, probably a good boy because we're talking about cock and ball torture. So, um, but it's, there, there's a saying and the saying is don't yuck anybody's yum. 
Okay. Huh. It might not be for you. It might never be for you. It might be that you're thinking of leather and you're thinking of, of uh, chrome and you're thinking of all that kind of stuff. Cock and ball torture can also be, or sensation can be with a rope. And if it, the rope doesn't have to be anything, you know, you're not thinking of the, the thick hip rope or, or the rope that you'd like tie up like ships with. It's the rope that's very soft. It's, it's cotton rope. It's kind of like the rope I got behind me, but this yeah. is cotton rope. It's very, very soft, you know, and it feels really nice on the body. Okay. So it could be something like that. Um, but the thing of it is, is that there are some people that need that level of pain. And again, I'm going to go back into the, the rest of what BDSM means. Um, but there, there are some people that need that level of pain or sensation to bring them to where they need to be. And for them, it's not, it's strong sensation but it's not necessarily painful for them because their level of pain might be higher than your level of pain. Well, and there's also, there's also a psychological aspect to that particular thing, uh, that particular uh, apparatus or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. so, so, but let's get, let's continue. Cause we're not even halfway done yet. There we go. So the next part, this is the next two are where a lot of people have the, wrong impression and where a lot of people have the strongest hell no um and it's also where a lot of people have a lot of where they put a lot of shame on bdsm that the next excuse me the next word is sadist or sadism now what sadism represents in bdsm is it represents the pain aspect of it where pain can play an integral part in the play or the scene of BDSM. Now, remember, it's really important to remember this, okay? One's, one person's pain level, one person's pain level is not the same for another. There are different levels of pain. So there are some people that don't want to get into the floggers, they don't want to get into the whips, okay? They want to, but they want to get into the other sensations. You know, it's not about being whipped. It's not that, it's not, the levels are so different. Just like everybody's different. Everybody's a snowflake, okay? Everybody's a snowflake. Everybody's, everybody's different. So my level of pain is going to be totally different from your level of pain. But that doesn't mean that you can't explore it if you can find your level of pain. What's your go-to? And then stay and stick to that. And maybe if you want to increase it a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. But, but it's not about all of a sudden just taking out that bullwhip and whipping somebody about it because that might not be their kink. That might not be their yum. It's a space of purity. The sub and the slave, it's, it's, a, it's aliveness there in this space, in this pain. There's in the sensation, it's completely honest. It's completely open. They're free. They're, they're, 
they're, they don't have any limitations. They're, there's nothing holding them back from their truth and their dominant or their master. There's no difference between them when they're going into this deep level of sensation play or pain play. There's, there's, it brings the dom and the, the sub to a place where they're one, one entity. So it becomes, it becomes a, uh, a ritual dance, if, for lack of a better term. Um, because you're you're both playing your role and you're working together and because you're a dom that's what excites you or if you're a sub that's what excites you and so this dance together excites you both in a in a special way beautifully said beautifully said the other thing that you need to keep on aware of when you're dealing with pain play is there's different implements and I'll show you for an example. So for an example, this paddle, okay? This paddle has got a very wide head, okay? This is about six inches or five inches in diameter, okay? The wider the space that hits the person, the more of a sound it makes and less of an impact. So with a paddle like this, this is more all about dropping into the, the sound of it, the psychological part of it, okay? Because the, the wider the space, the less pain it's going to cause, the more sound it's going to cause, and that might be your thing. Then you have something like this, and this is a little, this is, um, this is just a little, I call it a little whipper, okay? But it's too thin levels of leather and see the difference yeah okay so this one is going to have more of not only as maybe not as much as the sound as the paddle but it's going to have more of a sensation because it's hitting the the space is hitting a smaller area which means the the, the pain is more intensified Okay. Does it make sense? Yep. So then you have something called a crop. And crop is like a riding crop, but this is not a riding crop. This I got at a sex child. So, but this one's got a little bit, its head is a little bit wider. So this is still going to cause some, some pain, especially if you put it on areas that are very sensitive, the inner thigh, inner thigh, the, the area that's right below the butt cheek where the butt and the, and the thigh meet, that's a very sensitive area. You also have to understand that the area that you are going to be experiencing the pain in needs to be talked about. Where do I want to be hit? Where do I not want to be hit? Because places like your arm, that is usually on the outside, that the area, the skin that's usually on the outside of the world is more desensitized is okay so it's it's used to being hit by you know rain and stuff like that there so what you're going to do is you're going to make sure that you're going to test this out on the area that's a little less sensitive before you go hitting it on your inner thigh you see okay this okay this i don't feel nothing this is nothing okay that's that's pretty loud though but it's nothing but if you take that same level and you start, or you try starting low to high, meaning you'll start, you say this is my inner thigh. So you're gonna wanna go like this. Okay, well, that's, that's, I can take that. That's not bad. 
let's explore this. Okay, so then let's go a little harder. Well, that's not bad, okay. Again, that's not bad. Finding your level is gonna be really, really important because you wanna be able to also relay that and also to your dominant or your master or your play partner. But the thing of it is this, is, is that the, the dominant is not gonna start with a new sub by slapping them really, really hard. They're going to explore and gradually go up more and more and more and more and more and more. That's what that's all about. Then you have, and again, this pain, people think, you know, that pain is something ugly and pain is something bad. Pain is relative. It depends. There, there's some people that, I want to make sure I get a good extreme. So there's some people that um, uh, pinching is really, really, you know, ooh, ooh, I don't move. That's very, that's pinching. They don't like it. There are some people that like it. You know, it's like, again, it's relative. It depends on the person and it depends on what you want to experience. So then what we have is something that you're probably going to be a little bit more familiar with, and that's a flogger. So a flogger is usually with a handle, and it's usually got strips of leather, or it can have strips of fur, or it can have fake fur strips on it. It doesn't necessarily have to be leather. But because these are much thinner, and there's more of them, it's going to hit more of the area on your body and it's going to be more intense because you're spreading these, these floggers are spreading out the sensation throughout and hitting several places at once. So again, it's relative, but it's also important to find things that you feel comfortable with. This paddle is very, this paddle is nothing. It makes sound more than it makes impact. I mean, I even do it on my inner thigh and it just, if it's okay, if it doesn't even feel like a hand slap, then you have the hand with the spanking. And because the hand is able to get and contour to the body, the sensation that it gives can be anywhere from really, again, trying on stuff like on the inside of the arm. Okay, I like that. I don't like that. I like that. I don't like that. Now, like so, what I heard from Orpheus, mm-hmm. and by the way, that's another podcast that you can go and listen to. Mm-hmm. And I highly recommend it if, if you are interested in understanding uh, a little bit more. One of the things that he, the understanding that he gave me was like the spanking thing. It is not just that you are spanking that particular area, but that the sensation moves and to a much broader, much larger area, including the genitals, including other places that, that can heighten stimulation and heighten your, your uh, arousal uh, is, is kind of how he described it to me. Is that, is that was I correct? Did I, did I remember that correctly? You did, you did. So what happens when you're spanking somebody, especially round or near the genitals? So let's talk about the booty, okay? So you're spanking, you're spanking somebody's bottom and it's, um, let's say it's a woman. So you're spanking a woman's body. What happens is, is that that sensation goes straight into our 
vaginal band. And the vaginal band looks like a, a figure eight. So it goes up, around, and down. And it, 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 it incorporates not only the clitoris, the vaginal opening, but also the anus. So this is going all the way up, okay? So when you're hitting this, you're stimulating those areas at the same time. So it's something where um, it's, it's bringing this person, let's call it priming the pump. Yeah. You're priming the pump a little bit, okay? Yeah. Not all the time, but uh, sometimes. It's priming the pump. It's getting them aroused. It's starting this whole, this whole thing of, ooh, okay. And then you can go on and take it from there if you need to. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different, things with um with sadism or receiving pain so things like and you can explore in it and some things are scary looking like this is this is a, a wartenberg wheel and this was originally made by a doctor by the name of wartenberg and he originally did it for for um to give people who might be paralyzed a strong enough sensation to, to test where their nerves might be damaged. So where did you feel this? But it's, I mean, it's a real, it's, it's, I like it. I mean, I think it's beautiful, but um, some other people might be like, oh, no, 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 that's not for me. That's a very strong sensation though. But again, it depends on how hard you're pressing. If you're pressing very lightly, it's just a tiny bit of a sensation that might be your go-to. You might be like, oh, wait a minute that's not bad. I kind of like that, but you're not always ready to go deeper. Okay. And that's okay. Nipple clamps. These are something that people use to stimulate the breasts. Okay. So you clamp these on the nipples and some have, you know, chains on them and it puts weight on them. And a woman's breasts become very sensitive as she gets aroused, her nipples get very, very sensitive and it goes straight almost to the clitoral band. Okay, so it goes straight down to the clit. And then, you know, you're getting them aroused. It's adding to the pain, but somebody might not be, you know, oh, a nipple clamp, that's not bad. I can, I can do that. Um, and that, but that's pain for another person being like, no, 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 no. You know, but again, understanding that the pain level of the pain part of BDSM is always, always, always fluid. It's not set in stone. It's not always the same level of pain for everybody. There's a fluidity, a beautiful fluidity to it. So understanding that and exploring that for yourself is a, is a good way. You start exploring on yourself. Take a simple kitchen spatula. Take a simple kitchen. You don't have to go out and get like a $500 paddle unless that's what you want to do. <laughs> that's okay. But, you know, a simple spatula and then take the spatula and put it on and start working on areas that are sensitive. So let's, the inner arm, great place to do that. Where that's is real that? sensitive, yeah. That's very sensitive. Yeah. You know, my, my, uh, when my kids were young, I used a, 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 a wooden spoon if they were bad and I had to spank them and uh, suddenly all the wooden spoons disappeared. Mm -hmm. 
I found I found them like underneath somebody's dresser because they they hid them from me because they didn't because it hurt too much. But yeah. you know, and think about something like this when you were a kid. Think about the switch. The switch is very thin. The thinner the object, the more intense the pain. That's why things like on a on a scale, the top scales on a on a pain level scale is like switches, whips, um, and uh, canes. Those are those are really really intense. Well, yeah, and uh, pe- people get punished with canes in in certain countries in the in in Asia. They call it caning. And here too, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. It, it, but again, it's it's what it's what's also important is what is your connection to the object. If it if it brings up if it brings up. Um, if it brings up things of when your childhood, maybe that's not the where the object you need to be using right now. Maybe you need to start using like the oh this safe paddle. I like this paddle. Yeah, this is nice. I like this. Okay, great. So we start to we'll start with the paddle. It's finding your ways in that work for you because we do not want to trigger somebody and we do not want to bring them into a place of trauma. A uh, couple, couple things that I, because <laughs> I mentioned it before, but I just want to mention it again, and that is, I was walking my dog and I saw a license plate that said, "If you're going to ride my ass, at least pull my hair." Um, why? What is the deal with <laughs> with hair pulling? Hair pulling, hair pulling is sensation. It's sensation play. There's, there's, um, there's some people that just love their hair touch. There's some people that love their hair pulled. It's, it's all about the what's going on at the moment you know it it's about direction you know i mean i'm doing it like i have a ponytail but that's because you know i mean it could be a guy with a ponytail i'm okay with that um (laughs) so it's about directing that person it's it's making you feel in control and it's making them feel like they are being controlled and there's a stimulation in that there's a yumminess in that and I wanted to I wanted to mention one thing that uh, that I think is important because I've I've dealt with it before and I'm sure that you have as well. Yeah. The work that you do as a medium, and in the work that I've done, I have uh, um, Kim Miller who's a medium and we worked a lot together. And I, I'd never heard of such a thing, but she said uh, uh, somebody committed suicide, and this person's mom, this teenager's mom, was was talking to Kim and, and she said, well, he, uh, and Kim said, well, he as, asphyxiated himself while he was masturbating. And, uh, it, and it was like, what? I didn't even know such a thing existed, but apparently, obviously it does. And so that's something you have to be very, very careful about, I would assume. Absolutely. Especially if you're going to use an object like a rope, or if you're going to use an object like, um, like a, a, a choking collar or, or something else like that there, because what these sensations can bring about is with some people, not all, but it, it, it triggers a, a need for more and more and more intense and more intensity and more intensity and more intensity. And you need more intensity to get aroused. You need a more intensity to get to orgasm. You need more intensity, more, more, more. What starts to happen though, is, is that you, then you start blurring the lines and that's where you can get into deep, deep trouble. If you push yourself or you push another person too hard, 
you can cause damage. Absolutely. There's, we're not playing with, you know, I mean, we're playing with feathers, but we're not playing with just like wussy little, you know, things. We're playing with stuff that brings a person's sensations to the most deepest, most intense level they possibly can. So that's where it's important to know what you're doing and to do it so that you don't cross that line, even if it's with, your, with consent, with yourself, because you don't want to get yourself into a situation where you get yourself hurt. Right. Right. And, and, uh, um, Robin Williams made a movie, one of the movies shortly before he passed about his son that was doing this practice and he ended up uh, committing suicide. Well, he ended up dying in the process of doing this. And, uh, and I guess, um, Mr. Williams was found in a similar position, but he had his clothes on. Uh, because of how it asphyxiated him. So it's, it's you know, you got to be careful, but people that are in your world, you're very sensitive to people and very, very clear about consent and about not going too far, right? Absolutely. I, I, but I also want to have a dialogue with them because they might have more experience than I do. So if I say something, I want to have a conversation with them like about this, like going into depth. So what, if, if I'm, if I'm saying I want to try this and they're like, Hmm, maybe let's start with this first, because it, in my experience, it's been like this and this and this, and then you want to get to that level. I'd be like, great, let's start there because my mind might be, I want to go straight to the floggers. And it, it might not, it might be too much of a reach. And so an experienced person, whether it's a sex coach or whether it's a dom or whether it's a, a or whatever, or a master are gonna know the nuances, how to get you to that place without going to the total and complete extremes, unless you have experience in the extremes and they feel comfortable bringing you there. Another aspect, before we go into the last aspect of, of BDSM, Another thing I want to talk about that goes hand in hand with this are safe words and safe phrases. So what is this? This is a huge part of BDSM. So a safe word is a word that is not commonly heard or used because you don't want to say, uh, you don't want to say no, because what does no mean? Okay, it's not, we're not really sure. Or you don't want to say, uh, you know, like a flogger because you're, you're dealing with floggers. So that's not going to work. It's a word that is not heard or used a lot so that it's 100% clear what that word means. Like, and you don't have miscommunication because you don't want miscommunication in BDSM. Like Shazam. That would be. That, that could be. Most, the most well-known word though is red. Wow. So the, the colors of the stop sign is what's used in BDSM. So red means, well, red is red, yellow, and then there's green. So red, what's not common, so that's not common to hear a lot. And then there's, and then there's green, which is go. Red means stop, and yellow is also about negotiation. So what I mean by negotiation is going over those three words. What do they mean to you? 
So the, a proper Dom or master will say, what does red mean to you? What do you want me to do when I, you say the word red? Okay, so what I want you to do, Mr. or Mrs. Dom or Dame, is I want you to stop everything. Everything stops. Everything drops. Everything just halts. You untie me. You, un, you release me. You take off the restraints. You take out the ball gag. The whole thing, nine, nine, 900% stops. And then you take care of me with aftercare. Okay, that's great. What does the word yellow mean for you? Well, yellow could mean a lot of things. So in common, what I like to say is when I use the word yellow, immediately you stop whatever you were doing. You come and check in with me. You look and see how I am doing physically, not just asking me how I'm doing. You look and make sure that I'm okay. You check in with me and ask me, What's going on? What are you thinking? What's happening right now? What's going on inside your mind? You then ask me if I want to continue. Do I need anything in order to feel safer? So it's, it's the more that you give a power of a word, the more things that you have to go through, more checklists that you have to go through, the easier and safer you're going to feel. So that's the common thing that I kind of use when I use the word yellow. And then if I, then after I use the word yellow, the dom or dame, but usually dom for me, will ask for me to say green. Green, what does green mean? Green means that you continue. Maybe you wanna put um, a, a, a little bit of a, a condition on that. Continue, but please take it down a notch and then bring me back up to where I was before. So safe words, safe phrases, lollipop, gag, uh, you know, something or touches. If you have a ball gag in your mouth, <laughs> which happens, if you have a ball gag in your mouth, you want to do a, a, a you want to be able to leave your hands free, okay, so that you can do a sign. You're going to need to give your dom or dame a sign, whether it's crossed fingers, whether it's, you know, the middle finger, whether it's, uh, but something usually that you give to them so that they know that's unusual. So maybe it's patting the table because you, you, can, you can move your hands. So keeping your hands free so that you can move, uh, you, can, you can pat the table, that means, that means yellow that you need a timeout, you need, again, what does that mean? What does that mean when you hit the table like that? Everything, leaving nothing to chance, leaving nothing to miscommunication, communication, communication, communication in BDSM is super important. Well, somebody can get hurt if you don't have good communication, I would think. Absolutely. And, and it, especially- and now, Not in a good way. No, now two things that way, um, before we go on to the last one, uh, which is number one, you, I assume that you don't want to leave marks if you can avoid it on somebody's body, um, or do you, or, <laughs> or do you, do you make sure that the marks are done discreetly so that they're hidden under normal clothing? Again, the marks are relative. They're, they're fluid, excuse me. 
So what I mean by that is if somebody is going to smack your bottom, it's going to leave a mark. It's going to leave a handprint. It's going to leave a red mark. And there are some people that like that. You know, it's going to leave a mark. If you want to leave, um, if you want to go and the proper, when somebody gives pain, there's also, um, there's also maybe an agreement that you don't want to have any kind of like, we're not talking about scarring, okay? We're not talking about, um, we're not talking about, you know, uh, slash marks. We're not talking about things like that. We're talking a mark, if, if, a, if a whip is done correctly and in the proper hands, it's gonna leave a red slash mark on your arm. It's not gonna cut into the skin. We're not talking about, you know, we're not talking about flogging somebody to the point where their, their skin is coming off their back. Unless it's your thing, it's not my thing. And I don't think that's real safe. But, um, um, you know, we're not talking about that. That to me is more, that's torture and I'm not really into that. No. So um, we're, we're, so you're, you're wanting to do it. The way that you do it is you're gonna leave something that's gonna leave a little bit of a mark on your arm and that to some people that adds to it some things don't leave a mark this didn't leave much of a mark okay but this the spatula did it left a mark on my arm for sure uh so again but there's an excitement in that because it's like ooh, again it's taboo ooh, look what i did, <laughs> look what I did. Uh, okay and also if you're into daddy doms you know you're 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 into like ooh, daddy spanked me or mommy spanked me or or something else like that there so the it's again student thing or the or the or the priest uh, uh nun thing it, the the play can be can be wide and varied and it can include a, a dressing and it can include all kinds of stuff right role play is big role play is huge the the uh parishioner and the priest the cop and the and the person speeding too fast the um uh, the mailman, the, uh, you know, it could be anything. Role-playing is huge. Because I mean, it could be, could be anything. It could be furry. I mean, even playing an animal. I mean, I have these things that I love. These are called, uh, they're called clitter clips or critter clips and they're ears. I have seven different kinds. I love this stuff. I'm, this is one of my fetishes. I mean, I'm, a, I'm obsessed with these things. But when I put them on, they make me feel like playful and they make me feel fun and they make me feel, uh, they make me feel girly and they make me feel sexy. And so I play with them. It's about the mind. That's, this is the psychological, you know, this is about the psychological uh, aspect of it as well. Cool. So now what's the last one? The last one. The last one is a masochism. Okay. Now masochism represents the giving of pain. Okay. If you want to receive, uh, if you want to receive, someone has to give. Okay. You can't have one without the other. Okay. Even if you, even if you're doing it to yourself, there's one person getting, you're getting and you're giving at the same time. Um, it's helping someone, in my opinion, it's helping someone to be free, to be truly who they are. And you're giving themselves, you're giving yourselves over to them. You're giving themselves, you're giving yourself over to the pain. It's an understanding that 
um, enjoying the giving of pain um, to someone doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you, it's like the dom, but it's the dom of pain. Um, again, it's, it's, it's somebody who, a well professional masochist will know how to do the different levels of pain and bring somebody to that euphoria, that, that place of subspace. Okay, it's understanding that enjoying the giving of pain to someone is not meaning that you're a bad person. It doesn't mean that you're, you're, you're sick. Unless, of course, if you're hurting a kid, an animal or a kid, then you're sick. But this is about control. It's about controlling the level of pain that you give to someone. Okay, it's talking about consent and yes, checklist. Again, checklist, what do you want? Talk, 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 talk. The important thing to know though, is when you, when you play in any form of the avenues of BDSM, it's important to say that when you make your consent container, what's gonna happen, what's not gonna happen in that scene, that that person who's driving that scene sticks with that agreement. There's no maybes. There's no, oh, well, uh, wait a minute, I didn't want it, but now I do want it. It's like, no, we're staying with the plan because when a person get the euphoria starts happening, then endorphins start kicking in, then that starts getting to the point where you're almost like drunk in your mind. You're not in a space to make good decisions. That's why it's important to think it out before you get into that space. Because something that starts off with being a hell no, when those endorphins start kicking in, can then start to become a hell yes. But that's something to maybe explore later on at the next scene that you do the next next week or the next day or whatever, the next time you play. Gotcha. Now, which is harder to master? Being a good uh, domin or a good sub? I don't think either one is hard to master because you're being called to it. I think, and bear with me, so... I think the dom is, is being driven to be a good dom. They're, 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 it feels right to them. It's their yum. So they want to learn how to do it right. They want to learn how to keep their, their sub or their, their slave safe. They want to learn the different ins and outs of both maybe sensation play and psychological play so they can use it at the same time. They want to... Uh, learn how to be the best dom or dame that they could be. And a sub is the same way. A sub is driven to be a sub, unless they're a switch. And then that what they want to do is they want to learn how to be good at this, how to maybe not, be, how to take orders, but maybe if they want to, how to be a good bratty sub. They're bratty subs, you know, that like to be punished. Ooh. Um, so they, they're, they're some, but they want to be, the bottom line of a submission is they want to give of service. They want to be of service and they want to give up their, they, they want to give up their, I don't want to say freedom because it's not that. They want to give up their um, control. 
Interesting. So, so it it can be, and it, it, quite honestly, it could be your your mother or your father or your brother or your sister or your uh, your your friends that you mess with and all that. You don't know who gets into stuff that they might like to try and stuff like that. Now, is that is, where does if anywhere does like groups and stuff like that? That that's not part of this, right? Or is it? Clarify that. Uh, a group of, you know, uh, of course, I suppose you could have a group of uh, four or six or eight people that like to, to do this and, and to all experiment together on how to, how to do stuff, I suppose. And, and it could be kind of a show and tell and you can kind of work on stuff, without, I guess. You could if there are people you want to do it more than you want to do it with more than one person. You absolutely could. You know, there's no, again, there's nothing written in stone. It's just about making sure that you have a clear consent container and a clear idea of what's going to be happening and what everybody's roles are. Um, you could, if you wanted to, it, it could be just the sub and the, it could be, you want to do it together with people. Like you want to get together and play parties, but you don't want to, the, the sub does not necessarily want to be used by multiple people. But they like being, the, again, that's where the voyeurism comes in. They like to be seen. They like to be looked at by others, but they don't want to be touched. And the same thing might go for the Dom, whereas he doesn't want to share or she doesn't want to share or they don't want to share. Right. You know, they, 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 they want to keep, but they like the idea of being in a group because that excites them. That turns them on. Well, it's it's like my my son, who's obviously thirty years younger than me, uh, went to a party and there was a pole there, uh, and uh, one of the gal liked to do liked to do nude pole dancing. She didn't want anybody to touch her. She just liked to titillate folks and and to do and to do. Can, so they actually had a pole installed in their house. Uh, to do that, which is actually more common than you'd think. As, by the way, you can go listen to that episode too <laughs> about uh, Natalie and pole dancing if you want to do that as well. So yeah, she's uh, an excellent, excellent pole, da pole dancer. Natalie is Cabajian. She's awesome, and and she's got a flavorful <laughs> word, a way of saying the F word in a bunch of different ways. Yeah, she does. And she's a professional pole dancer. So she teaches people how to do it. Um, and there's a sexiness about that. That's, oh, yeah. you know, it's like a freedom. It's dancing. It's dancing. Think of it like dancing. You can keep some clothes on. You don't have to go whizzing out without any clothes. Oh, well, sure you, you know? do. Um, Especially in a strip club. Uh, the, the, there's a, Every strip club in America has got a pole there. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you would not. But uh, by the way, we're talking with Corio Kramer, and she is a uh, um, a coach, and she is a medium. She does all kinds of work. She she works with erotic blueprints, and she can help you understand who you are sexually, physically, mentally, and emotionally, and all those things play into the work that she does. See, I'm actually getting better at introducing you. You're doing great. Absolutely. I mean, I figured after, you know, so many shows we've done together, you should. 
I know. So, so if you want to find out more about the erotic blueprints, and I highly recommend that you do that. We've got a five podcasts about that, and uh, we're going to do five more about animal blueprints, so you can have a better understanding of your animals. And with and we kind of sandwiched in the uh, the uh, BDSM. Right. Yeah, we did. Yes, we yes. did because it's important. It's important for people to. <clears throat> it's important to pe for people to know how to explore if they want to this and how to do it safely, but also to know that there's no shame. There's no shame in this. You know, it's just that you you like what you like. And again, I keep talking about this over and over and over again. Keeping it in and making you feel like you're doing something wrong and that sex is bad and that sex is wrong and that sex is evil and that this is all just, you know, the work of the devil and this is all this other kind of stuff is how's that working out for you? I mean, how's your sex life? Is it good? I mean, do you like it? That's what I'm asking your people. I'm not asking you, Kevin. I'm just <laughs> saying, you know, it's like, what is keeping yourself in a box? feel like it doesn't I know for me it didn't feel right at all I felt lonely I felt shameful I felt um I felt ugly I felt um I felt like I was just not enough and it hurt me and it hurt my heart and I don't do that anymore I accept everybody whatever you like it's it, whatever you're your yum is your yum you know, and it's cool with me as long, again, as you're not hurting animals or a kid because it's about consent. If that being cannot give consent, you got no right doing nothing to it, okay? Um, and if they can't give true consent, I'm not talking about a 15 or 16-year-old because they're teenagers, that's not consent, okay? That's somebody who does not know the whole thing and can't make the whole the whole uh, decision and doesn't have the right to do it. You know, I'm talking about some consenting adults. That's over the age of 18, more than likely over the age of 20, I would, I would guess. And it depends, you know, it depends on the, the, the individual as well. Um, and what they've, what they've tested out and what they've gone through in their life, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but I mean, know, but I agree with you. It, it's, it can be freeing and, and, being restricted when you feel something that you're not allowed to act on it because it's naughty or dirty, and then then you end up being less than, and this life is too short. Absolutely. Shame has got absolutely no place in this world. It just doesn't. It's, it's something we've made and we put on ourselves. And unless, of course, you're doing something that is not right okay with an animal or kid okay then you got shame is comes in real freaking handy no, but what i'm saying is is that you know it's just for an average person the the shame just keeps us in this in this lockbox of sterility and 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 stagnation and it just makes us unhappy and you know it just i think bdsm is like you know kind of think of it kind of like as the build your own burger menu so, you know, it's like something where you don't, you don't, you don't hate the onions being there just because you don't like them doesn't mean that you have to hate them for being there. You just move on to the tomatoes instead of the onions. So, you know, I don't 
I don't like floggers, but you know, that wax play sounds really good. You know, cause I used to drip wax on my hand when I was a kid, we all did this. So don't even think, <laughs> you, you drip wax on your hand and for a split second, it hurts. But then it starts getting warm and you're like, ooh, I like that, let me try that again. Ooh, okay, that's not bad. There's a little bit of naughtiness to it, but there's a little bit of danger to it, but then because it hurts, but then, ooh, it feels really nice. But it's like, so that's, that's your tomato. Whereas somebody else might not want that tomato. BDSM is simply, is everything. Simply take what you want, leave the rest. With kink too, the same thing. Exactly. And that's, that's just kind of, you know, it, you know, so I applaud you for getting out there and, uh, and putting yourself really in the forefront of all of this. It's important. Thank you. And by the way, if you choreocramer.com and you can get all the information you need about the abundance of things that she does, she's quite, quite a gifted person, I do have to say. Oh, thank you so much, Kevin. I appreciate it. You know, I really yeah. do. You're doing great. You're doing some great work. And it's, I'm trying. it's, it's, it's fun. And I got to tell you, it, it is, um, it is something that a lot of people aren't talking about. So, uh, Come to my independence report and we'll talk about it here. Yeah, absolutely. All the time. All the time. All the time. As long as you have me on. Yeah. I'm going to be talking. I'm going to be pushing that envelope. I'm going to be expanding people's minds. I'm going to be letting people think and see things differently and try to help them as, as best I can. Because I consider, I think of BDSM as, you know, not freedom from bondage, but freedom by bondage. Oh, very well said. Very well said. So anyway, anyway we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. And and, and uh, anything that you'd like to say on our way out, my dear? Hmm. Yeah, just, um, I just want people to just explore. Give yourself permission to explore. Because in the exploration, you might find new worlds you never thought of existed before. And that would be fun. That would, that would be fun to do, if nothing else. So uh, she's been, uh, she still has been, is, and will be Coriel Kramer for quite some time of that, I'm sure. And so go to CorielKramer.com and find out all the information that you need about her. And I'd like to thank you. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Be nice. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on Mind Defenders Report.